Hey, I know it's been a while, but before we get into episode 18 of Katie's Corner, I got to remind you that coming up this Saturday, it is urgent. You got to get to the MVP Arena in downtown Albany because Albany Empire are looking for their second National Arena League Championship as they host their rival Carolina Cobras. That's right. It's this Saturday, August 13th, 7 p.m. kickoff. Make sure you get your tickets and be part of a championship experience by visiting AlbanyEmpireNAL.com or call in the box office 518-714-2200 extension 101 again the Empire going for their second National Arena League Championship host of the Carolina Cobras that's this Saturday August 13th 7pm kickoff tickets at AlbanyEmpireNAL.com or call 518-714-2200 what's up Katie's Corner episode 18 it's been a while it's been a minute uh you know, last week, trade deadline, a lot of people put out stuff about the trade deadline, so I want to pump the brakes a little bit, let everything breathe, see what made of it, and we'll cover that in just a moment. But the first thing we got to cover, first things first, we're the realists, you know? Uh, the Amsterdam Mohawks, they come home with the perfect game collegiate baseball league championship last week. They end up winning the series two games to one. They took, They hosted game one of the championship series last Tuesday, August the... What was it? The fifth, fourth, something like that? No. Third, second. I don't know. We're guessing second. Sorry. Um, no, last Tuesday, August the 2nd, uh, they hosted game one of the championship series. Um, the, the selection was made by Coach Griffin. Coach said, let's get game one at home, lock it down. That way we can just go on the road and worry about winning one out of two, which is exactly what they did. They took care of business at home, dominated game one. Then went to Batavia for game two, and it was just a struggle bus. You know, they killed the bus, not not performed very well, but then game three, they turned it around, locked it down. Santosh got him, clutching game three with an amazing start on the mound. He ends up getting the championship series MVP trophy in the end. Eventually... Later in the week, uh, Coach Griffin was named the Coach of the Year in the PGCBL for the third time in his career. Uh, it was his eighth championship as Mohawks head man. Uh, eighth out of 11 now for the franchise as a whole, going back to including their New York Collegiate Baseball League years. Uh, this is a team that went 39-6-1 and and in the regular season. The only game they lost in the postseason, obviously, was game two of that best-of-three championship series. They finished the franchise-best 43-7-1 record. Second time the Mohawks had ever finished with a win percentage over 800. The only other time they did that was their 1988 championship team in the NYCBL that went 34 and 8. That was an 809 winning percentage. This season's was an 853 winning percentage. And the third time the Mohawks ever eclipsed 40 wins in a season as they had 41 in 2015 and uh, 40 in the 2014 championship season. So, and this is a team that I, there's not enough superlatives you can put on this team as far as the way they performed on the field. Like if you try to really break it down by the, the statistic of it, it it's going to drive you bonkers. Um, I just know that they let a bunch, there, there, there was a, there was somebody, I don't remember who it was. They posted on Facebook, the whole list of how, the Mohawks ranked. 
and I can't remember who it was. Um, but they put out a whole list of all the stats that the Hawks led in over the course of the year. Um, and it was a crazy, crazy amount of statistics. I can't find it right now, unfortunately. But um, it was just absurd. It was just absolutely absurd what these they were able to do. Um, just putting up numbers left and right. They were the best offense, best pitching staff. And that pretty much should sum it up for you in a nutshell how they were. They were just absolutely bonkers. And, yeah, so now everybody's going to go off to their respective colleges and go through their their school seasons. And hopefully a lot of these guys end up coming back. Unfortunately, Brett Coker, who was a second-year player for the Mohawks this year, um, I do not believe he's going to be eligible to return next summer. Um, so this was kind of like his uh, his swan song a bit. Um, but everyone else um, that I can think of off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure everyone else on this squad was an underclassman and is eligible to return if they want to and choose to. Let me see here. Uh, I'm pretty sure Coker was the only... Nolan Lemire, my, uh, okay, Nolan Lemire, Colin Brewham, uh, let's see here, who else, um, Jack Sylvia, so there's a, there's a few, there, there was a few more, um, but there's a ton of talent that could potentially come back and just light it up and go back to back if they want to, Cameron Love, Nick Chimarusti, um, Connor Whitaker, Cole Cheatham, Connor Moore, Gage Miller, um, Kate Satelli, Briggs Rudder, Mark Black, Hunter Thomas, Jake Hand, Santosh Gotham, um, Louis Misla, Chris Souter, Ian Petrutz, uh, Petrutz, excuse me, um, Josh Overbeek. Just the list goes on and on and on with how much talent could come back. Kate Bush, uh, Michael O'Shaughnessy. I mean, there's so many guys who have a ton of talent who could potentially just say, you know what, let's, let's run it back and come right back next summer and play here in Amsterdam. So uh, congrats to Amsterdam. Congrats to the Mohawks. Um, congrats to all the coaches, uh, Greg Christ- Christodolo, uh, Tommy Murphy, pitcher coach, Zach Breen, uh, Doug O'Bray, who was a big part uh, of the, the success as well. Um, all the all the staffing, all the interns that were working throughout the season um, to help out myself and Megan Anagnostopoulos and Barry Rouse and Brian Spagnola. Um, just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous job. Start to finish by everyone. Um, and honestly, not just because of how much the Mohawks winning, but just the, the atmosphere in general around the staffing and interns this season. It was, for me it being my third season announcing for the Mohawks, it was the most enjoyable season I've had for them so far. Um, and I think that has a lot, it has a lot to do with two things. One, getting the right people with the right attitudes who are looking to come in and do their jobs and do it right. And number two, um, I, I can't say enough glowing things about um, the assistant general manager, Megan and Nick to stop us. I, I can't say enough glowing things about her and how much she busts her butt and gets the job done 
and makes things work. Um, she is literally a Jill of all trades. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough glowing things about her. She's she's a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful person to work for, a wonderful person to have on board. And I'm sure that Brian and the rest of the um, the managers and ownership involved in the Mohawks feel the same exact way. So congratulations to everyone. And uh, we look forward to seeing all of our fans back in the stands come early June of 2023. That being said, before we get knee deep into our Major League Baseball stuff, I want to start first by reminding you that, hey, Mohawk Honda, they're the team that can find what you're looking for by searching not just their lot, but also the entire Eastern Seaboard if you want to. Hell, they'll look all the way down to Florida if they want. Make sure they get you a vehicle that will fit your budget and your lifestyle and make sure you get what's right for you, not just to get you a vehicle and get you off their lot as soon as possible and make a quick buck off you. But the real opportunity right now is by trading in or selling your vehicle straight up because Mohawk Honda will buy cars and in some cases, some cases will be able to sell it for you more than you even paid for it because the supply chain is still facing challenges dating all the way back to the COVID-19 pandemic when it first broke out a couple years ago, which is creating this great selling opportunity for you that continues to this day. And as always, Mohawk Honda, they're willing to put the customer first, making sure they get the best deal possible, whether selling or buying, whether it's cars with currents for boat, our boy Trav Landry, Louie the VIP man Morales, my boy, Cam McKenna, C-Mac, let's make a deal. That's him. Or go right to the horse's mouth. Go to the GM, Greg Johnson, the man in charge, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, getting it done for you. Because of Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, they want to buy your car and maybe even turn around and sell you a newer and better one to fit your budget and lifestyle because they always go out of their way to please you. Moving on to the Boston Red Sox. This is a team where I honestly couldn't make heads or tails about what the hell they were doing at the deadline. Uh, I They they send away Jake Deakman to get Reese McGuire from the White Sox. And then you trade Christian Vasquez to Houston in the middle of batting practice in Houston for prospects Emmanuel Valdez and Wilmer Abreu. And then all of a sudden you turn around and get Tommy Pham for a player to be named later or cash considerations. So, all in all, you you make a neutral trade, uh, a trade that makes it look like you're selling this season, and then a trade that makes it look like you're kind of sort of wanting to contend with the Tommy Pham trade. And it left a lot more questions than it left answers coming out of the deadline for Boston because nobody seemed to be willing to make heads or tails about what the hell was going on. Uh, then you get to the fact that... This team has just decided to, I'm not saying they chose to roll over and die, but it feels like that's what they've basically done. I mean, this squad, you go back to the, you go, you go through what they had to go through in July. They went from having a season that was progressing and trending upwards where they started 9-13 in April. Then they went 500 in May. Then they went 20-6 and in June. Where people thought, oh my, maybe they can maybe they can get in the wild card, maybe they can get to the Yankees. Then all of a sudden they go into the month of July and go eight and nineteen. Eight and nineteen. And somehow three of those wins came against the Yankees. 
Three of their eight wins in July came against the Yankees. The other five? I'll be shocked if any of you can name off these teams. I'll give them to you. Two of them were against Cleveland. One against the Cubs on July 4th weekend. One was on July 4th against the Rays. And then their last win in July was the last day of July, the 31st, against Milwaukee at home, where they salvaged being swept and lost two out of three in that series. They went 8-19. and 19. It wasn't like they were playing all-star teams. They played the Cubs to start July and lost two out of three. They played Tampa Bay twice and lost six out of seven. Then the Yankees, they lost, they uh, they went three and four against the Yankees, which that's respectable. Going three and four against the Yankees. This was pre-recent post-trade deadline struggle Yankees. So going three and four against them is not that bad at all. Although the last two games they played against the Yankees in July were pretty decrepit in a 14 to one and 13 to two losses respectively. But then after that series, they, 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 they came out of there and lost three straight to Toronto. Then split four games at home against Cleveland and then lost two out of three against Milwaukee. But then here's what's more confusing. They come out and start August winning two out of three in Houston before losing three out of four to Kansas City. And now they just lost both games of a short two-game set at Fenway against the Braves. Now they're making up a game today, or tonight I should say, against the Orioles. Then they host the Yankees for three, including Sunday Night Baseball. Then they go on the road to Pittsburgh for three, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. And get Baltimore. So seven of your next ten games are against... Correction. Correction. Because Baltimore... They've been playing a lot better baseball. So you have a three-game series on the road. More hypothetical, you should win at least two out of three, and merely you should be able to sweep the Pirates. Then you have four, including the makeup game tonight. You have four against an Orioles team that all of a sudden has put themselves in a wild-card contention out of nowhere. And then you have a three-game rivalry series in your ballpark. You have the home field advantage for the three-game series against your rival this weekend. Which is also struggling, by the way. Losing seven out of their last eight. So, this if, if there is a do-or-die weekend that's going to decide whether these Red Sox are going to lay down and roll over for the rest of the season or make a late push to maybe sneak into the second wild card, it's this freaking weekend. You've got to come out and play well against Baltimore in tonight's makeup game, and you've got to come out guns blazing in the three-game set against the Yankees. You have to. There is no other option at this point. You're four games under 500, last in the division. You're 6-13 and 13 since the All-Star break. You can't win in one-run games, it seems like. You can't win in extra inning games, it seems like. You, you, you're barely contending against it, uh, National League teams. You've lost five out of eight this year to the Baltimore Orioles, who you've got to play four against in the next week and a half. Got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Like, there's no two ways around it. It's, it's got to be figured out. And look at these pitching matchups coming up for this weekend. Uh, I mean, tonight's a toss-up between Kramer for 
Baltimore and Winkowski for Boston. One would I would argue Boston should be favored on Friday night, Eovaldi against Domingo Herman, because as a Yankees fan, I can't even put any any kind of trust in Herman at this point. Saturday, I would take Montas over Cutter Crawford, so I'd lean Yankees there. And then Sunday, Jamison Tyone's coming off a great pitching performance. So who and we don't know who the Red Sox are putting out there on Sunday yet. This is the weekend to make your statement about whether or not you are going to go for it. This is the weekend. I don't care about Ref Snyder and Jeter uh, and being um, on the IL still. I don't care about Franchi Cordero and Kike Hernandez and Trevor Story still being on the IL. Yes, you lost to Atlanta, but you also competed in both those games against Atlanta the last two nights. You need to turn this around and turn it around quickly, or you might as well just roll over and die the last six weeks of the season. You might as well. Like, figure it out. Next man up. Next man up mentality. That's what you've got to have. You got to make it work. Now, I get this is a little different than football and even the NBA with the next man up mentality because. MLB is a little more le- heavy on leaning on their stars, but damn it, you you got you, you've allowed Baltimore to look like an all-world team coming out of nowhere and now putting themselves in third place with the Rays. You're 17 back in the division. You're seven back of the second wild card spot. And let me do the math real quick. And uh, seven, but you're seven back of both wild card spots. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to tell you. It's it's not pretty for Red Sox fans right now, and I, I understand it. It's 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 a struggle, boss. It's but I, I'm not going to coddle you at this point. It's either uh, I believe the the I believe the appropriate line I'm looking for to exemplify the way they approach the trade deadline and then how they've been playing since the trade deadline, it's time to piss or get off the pot. This is the weekend where the Red Sox need to pick one or the other. And if you're going to get off the pot, fine. I understand. You're dealing with a lot of injuries. Chris Sale, for example, falling off a goddamn bicycle, and now he's out for the year with a broken wrist. Congratulations, you got two starts out of Chris Sale this season. Bravo. Trevor Story was hot garbage for a good for pretty much the whole season. Now he's been injured for a while. Kike Hernandez has been on the IL for God knows how long. You just traded away Vasquez. Your two bright spots on the season really have been Devers and Bogarts. And even they have been playing well, mostly sitting through July. Boston is figuratively and literally taking a standing eight count right now, and they're one big blow away for being put down to the for the count for good, to taking the 10 count and taking the TKO loss. That is where Boston's at right now. But now, on the other side of things, is New York baseball, which is half good, half bad. Before we get into that, 
Just remind you that this New York baseball segment is brought to you by Johnstone Supply. Remember, summer is winding down, but even though temperatures have cooled down with a little bit of rain we got earlier this week, you're still going to be able to feel the heat here in upstate New York, really into Labor Day and beyond, because we all know that summer tends to linger a little bit into those early, middle weeks of September. So if you want to get cool, if you're having air conditioning issues or flat out don't have any air conditioning, period, call Johnstone Supply in Troy and get that taken care of. You can ask them about their high-efficiency central AC systems as well as their ductless mini-splits, Goodman, Fujitsu, Westinghouse, all in stock, all at great prices. And, hey, if you need someone to just flat-out install a brand-new system for you, that is awesome because Johnstone Supply can help with that too. You've heard George. He's been on previous episodes of Getting There with Goss, my man, Tom Goss, rocking the boat. And they had a chance, Goss had a chance to learn George's life story that mingles right in with Johnstone Supply. Mike can stop in and find out about their great service and procs. Talk to Kev, James, Bird, George, whoever. They'll help you out by giving you a cooler place for the remainder of the summer. You can call them at 518-272-5922 or give them a visit in their location at 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Or visit them online, johnstonesupply.com, or check them out on Facebook by searching for Johnstone Supply NY. Again, that's 518-272-5922 or johnstonesupply.com. That is the place to be. Now moving on. Is it crazy for me to say the New York Mets are the best team in baseball? I don't think so. Let's think about this. The New York Metropolitans, okay? They have James McCann back. So now you have two viable catchers you can interchange between him and Nito. You have the good bulk of your roster healthy. You acquire Vogelback, you acquire Tyler Naquin, you acquire Darren Ruff. And it doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot. But they're little pieces to complement the big pieces you already had. They are plug-and-play kind of guys It'll help take you to another level. Alonzo keeps mashing. Lindor, terrific season. And make and setting franchise leader numbers we didn't even know existed at this point. Next to David Wright and Jose Reyes. Jeff McNeil, still batting over 300. Eduardo Escobar, a bit disappointing, but what else are you going to do with third base between him and J.D. Davis? Or Dom Smith? even though Dom's on the DL right now. I mean, maybe you put Giorme a third? Good luck with that. Canha, productive year. Nimmo, doing Nimmo things. Starling Marte, having a great year. Um, Vogelbach, nothing but terrific since coming over in the, in, uh, in the trade a few weeks ago to the Mets. Tyler Naquin, same thing. Nothing but great since coming from the Reds. Darren Ruff, only 15 at-bats, but he's producing. They didn't need to make any big splash moves. They just needed to solidify the back end of the lineup and their depth. And that's exactly what they did. 
because you also factor in they were getting Jason, uh, Jacob DeGrom back. You still have Scherzer. Uh, Taiwan Walker, pretty productive this year. Chris Bassett, the 9-7 record is deceptive because his ERA is 3-3 and his whip is, on, is right around 1-1. Uh, Carrasco, uh, to me, the record is deceiving in a weird way because his ERA is almost four, and his whip's almost a one-three. But somehow Carrasco's thirteen and four because he's getting some kind of insane run support. He's getting. Let me double check here what the run support is. Um, run support. I know that it's it's on here. I know it's on here. I've seen it. I've seen run support on here before, but for some reason it's not showing it to me um, for uh, for Carrasco. But, I mean, still, I mean, obviously you're going to take 13 and 4. That's a no-brainer. Like, you're not going to say no to that. Um, I'm still trying to find this stupid run support thing, um, but I'm not finding it. Anyways, um, but you're in a good spot. You're you're in a really good spot with this squad. Um, you're eventually going to get Tyler McGill back, hopefully. Um, Drew Smith's on the 15-day DL, but eh. Uh, Seth Lugo's doing okay. Adovino and Diaz are a great one-two punch out of the bullpen. Trevor Williams has really settled down nicely since a horrible first couple months of the season. Uh, Medina in 12 games. Um... Not too shabby at all. This is a squad that I'd be scared of if I'm in the National League. Like, we're talking about... Well, let's be real with ourselves. I know how how non-Mets fans would answer this question. So let me direct this specifically for the Mets fans out there. And be real with me. And be real to yourself. When you sat down before the start of the season, did you really see your squad having the best record in baseball on August 11th of 2022? And don't you lie to me and say yes. Don't you dare lie to me. Because it's the same Major League Baseball. Uh, well, I mean, not the best record in baseball because the Dodgers are 77 and 33. But you take the Dodgers out of the equation, this team is the best record in baseball by two games. Over Houston and the Yankees, who are 71 and 41. But everybody knew the Dodgers, every year they seem to be great because they have a stupid amount of money to get stupid lineup, whatever. And the Dodgers are doing that without Max Muncy being productive at all this season. So, be real with me. If I sat you down, say, mid-March, right in the middle of spring training, and you're a Mets fan. And I told you that on August 11th, you were going to have the second best record in baseball and have 70-plus wins while doing it. You would have laughed me out of the room. Out of the room! And I don't care how big of a Mets fan you are. You don't, don't deny it to yourself. You would have said, no freaking way. Because we looked at the Dodgers. You would have looked at Houston. You would have looked at the Yankees. You would have looked at Toronto. You arguably could have even looked at the White Sox. You could have even looked at the Braves and said, no chance in hell. Not a chance. But here you are sitting at 73 and 39. 
Seven games clear of Atlanta all of a sudden, when at one point not too long ago, it was only like a game difference between the two of you. I mean, what more is there to say about this Mets squad? It's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. By the way, welcome back Trevor May. I forgot to mention him. Trevor May is back. We'll see how that goes. He just came off the aisle, I believe, what, a week ago? We got Scherzer going Friday against the Phillies. DeGrom Saturday. Who knows for Sunday? And then you go down to Atlanta to start next week. This is the weekend when you can really start putting the, the chokehold on this division. This Mets team has not had a single month under 500, by the way. And they're playing almost as well on the road as they are at home. All right. Let me let me explain this to you, okay? So the Mets have played 112 games. Somehow that somehow they played exactly 56 at home and 56 on the road, which is remarkable. Um, because MLB scheduling is weird, but somehow it's worked out. Let me explain this to you. <clears throat> the Mets are 38-18 at home and have a run differential of do the math in my head quick, plus 83. 277 to 194. Excuse me again when I clear my throat here. On the road, the Mets are only three games worse. They're 35 and 21 with a run differential plus 44. 267 to 223. Month by month, this team, April 15 and 7, May 19 and 10. The month where we thought Atlanta was going to come and catch, start to come and catch them. June 13 and 12. But then the Mets said, uh oh, my friend, 17 and 8 in all in July, and they're 9 and 2 in August. They're 15 and 4 since the All-Star break. They've only lost one of the 10 games they've gone to extras in, and they're 15 and 11 in one run games. That's how you get it done. That is how you become a successful baseball team. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, they're in the midst of a six-game winning streak that includes three at home against Atlanta, where they took four out of five in four days from the Braves last weekend. And then they swept a three-game set against the Reds this week, where really none of those three games were in doubt. Five to one, six to two, ten to two. Now you're lining up Scherzer, DeGrom, and I'm assuming Bassett for Friday, Saturday, Sunday at uh, at home against Philly. Then you go to Atlanta for four Monday through Thursday. But I'm assuming you're going to go Carrasco, Walker, DeGrom, um, Scherzer, DeGrom before going to Philly for a four-game set, including a doubleheader next Saturday. And somehow you've set yourself up basically for having Scherzer DeGrom pitch the two games against the Yankees at City Field, August 22nd and 23rd. Happenstance? Coincidence? Done on purpose? Who the hell knows? But that's the way it's working out. Because you know they're going to call somebody up to pitch one of the two games in that Philadelphia doubleheader next Saturday. 
That way they can keep the new rotation at normal turn for everyone. I mean, as Yankee fans, just bend me over and I just, oh, oh, God. That's going to be, um, uh, Mets fans are going to be merciless during those two nights. Anyways, um, I, what more do I say about the Mets? What more do I say? They're a great ball club. They're a great ball club that can't be stopped right now. It can't be done. Now, fellow Yankees fans, I'd like you to gather around. We we gotta talk this out. Alright? We gotta we gotta we gotta we, we gotta talk this out. Cause we walked away from the trade deadline feeling good about ourselves. We as in Yankee fans. Because the Yankees got an extra bullpen arm in Efros from the Cubs. The Yankees get Montas and Lou Trevino from Oakland. So another very solid bullpen arm that could help if you want to flex around the close rule since Clay Holmes has been crap in the bed recently. You can flex between him and Holmes um, and then once Britain comes back, we'll see how quickly they can adjust Britain into a more of a closers role when he does get to the majors. They got rid of Gallo for a minor league pitcher, Clayton Beater from the Dodgers. The one thing I didn't like is the one thing that seems to have bitten the Yankees in the butt so far is sending Jordan Montgomery packing for Harrison Bader. Now, now you're probably like, Brian, they're 10 games ahead in their division. Why, like, what's wrong? Okay. Bear with me here. We're not even going to discuss the coming schedule of three in Boston and three at home at, against Tampa. And who the hell is after Tampa? I, I can't even tell you off the top of my head right now. Uh, it's three in, three in Boston, three against Tampa. And then, oh, right, they, they host Toronto for a four-game series. And then they uh, they host the Mets before taking an um, interesting road trip to Oakland, to L.A., and then Tampa. <clears throat> Yankees are 2-7 and seven in the month of August so far. Lost four out of those four out of six to the Mariners. Played three at home, three on the road. The exact same way. Yankees won game one of both series and then lost games two and three of those series. With Castillo and Cole facing off in two of those losses. And then in between lost three on the road last weekend at St. Louis, including Jordan Montgomery pitching. Six innings, lights out of shutout ball against them. This is a team that has limped around since the All-Star break, and that's putting it nicely. This is a squad. Let's just run through it quick. They're 7-13 and 13 since the All-Star break. 7-13. and 13. 
Yes, they're twenty-one and seventeen in one-run games, but they're also only six and five in extra inning games. In nine games this month, they've scored forty runs. They're giving up forty-three. Here's what I need to talk about the ledge. It is 10-game lead. And no offense, nobody seems to be really close. Like, let's just be real. Who's close? And here's the other side of it. Let me show you something real quick. Here's the other side of it. If you're on YouTube... Whoa, it's showing me. You don't want to see that. It was showing me without a shirt on for a quick second. Sorry about that. Um, that was awkward. Look at these injuries. I'll run them down for you. Michael King, out for the year, broken elbow. Uh, Louis Severino, still out if I remember correctly. Bear with me. I'm double-checking to make sure if he's on the active roster right now. Uh, Sevy still on the IL with a lat, with a, a lat muscle. Giancarlo Stanton, Achilles issue. He's on the 10-day IL. Matt Carpenter, broken foot, but good news. It was a clean break. He won't need surgery, but he's still going to be out pretty much until the postseason. Chad Green, Tommy John, out for the year. Louis Gill, Tommy John, out for the year. Zach Britton, still rehabbing from Tommy John. And last I heard, he hasn't even come close to making a rehab start, a rehab appearance yet. Um, and bear with me for that. The most recent update that I see for Zach Britton. Uh, bear with me for a second. I'm trying to see. Da, da, da. Hmm. So he recently participated in live batting practice in Tampa. Um, which was last week. So nothing really too new about uh, Zach Britton. I'm going to double-check Twitter real quick just to see if I've missed anything on the Zach Britton front. Uh, let's see here. So he's been pitching for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Or excuse me, no, that's a different Zach Britton. My apologies. Where or where is Zach Britton from the Yankees? Like, not even. I'm seeing stuff from the Zach Britton that's a minor league product for the Blue Jays, but not for the Yankees. This is weird. Um, that shows you how little he's been in the news, I guess. Uh, let's see if there's anything else here. No. Everything about Zach Britton is going back to 2019. That's scary. Um, but anyways, I wasn't even done with the injuries. Bear with me. Uh, Harrison Bader, foot issue. You acquired him knowing he was going to have a foot issue. Miguel Castro, shoulder issue. Stephen Riddings, shoulder issue. So... This is a team that during an extra inning game against the Mariners this week, had to rely on Albert Abreu. Excuse me, no. Um, 
not even extra inning game. This is a team that tried winning the rubber game of a three-game series in Seattle yesterday using Albert Abreu and Wandy Peralta. Now, Wandy, I don't have a problem with. But Abreu, uh, what are we doing? Now, I know your bullpen got assaulted because you went 13 innings the night before. Just did you really use that much of your bullpen though? Because Garrett Cole gave you seven or eight strong innings the night before. How bad did you really abuse the bullpen? This is a team that's limping, limping right now. Here is the bright side though. Aside from Aaron Judge, obviously. Here is the bright side. Trevino, who we had no hope for being an offensive player, is still batting 261 this year. Rizzo keeps hitting bombs. The 224 batting average will live with that. It's Rizzo. Glaber. An average season, I'll live with it. IKF, I didn't expect 265 out of him, so I'll take that. Donaldson, same as Rizzo. He gets the hits when you need the hits. Aaron Hicks, I can't make heads or tails on. Aaron Judge, great. Stin, when he comes back, will probably be great as well. But Mayhew has really picked it up recently. But here's the, here's the thing with this Yankee squad. This Yankee squad... With those trades and now Carpenter, this now stresses the importance of Andujar and Glaber going forward. Because those two need to pick up the pieces being left behind by Matt Carpenter as far as being. Now, obviously, Glaber is limited to basically short, excuse me, not short, uh, second base and maybe third. But Andujar particularly needs to pick up the pieces as far as being a utility guy to fill that hole that Carpenter vacates. But all in all, here's what I will say. Yankee fans, like myself, don't freak out totally yet. Still a 10-game lead in the division where nobody looks like they want to catch us, let alone will catch us in the division. Listen to me saying us. I, I hate when the Yankee fans do that. Um, like, yes, Baltimore's having a great second half so far, but, like, let's be real here. They were so far behind the eight ball to start off here with their recent run. They're still 12 games behind. Tampa, they can't make heads or tails if they want to be good or bad. They're 12 games behind. We already talked about Boston. The Yankees, no matter what, are going to be hosting the ALDS. Because Cleveland, Minnesota, Chicago, whoever comes out of the AL Central is not catching them. They're way behind the eight ball. Even more so than Baltimore and Tampa and Toronto, who are within our division. Now the question just becomes, can you outfinish Houston down the stretch? And I think, with the pieces that are going to be coming back in Stanton... And Bader will eventually come join. And Britain at some point, hopefully. And Sevy. Get those pieces back. 
things will work themselves out. So I think Yankee fans, take a deep breath, inhale, exhale, call the day. That being said, we're going to call it a day. And by we, I mean I. Uh, that does it for Katie's Corner, episode 18. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, we're presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our good friends at Mohawk Honda, John, uh, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and of course, the Albany Empire. Go check out their championship game against the Carolina Cobras this Saturday, MVP Arena. Goz will have the pregame show, 3-3 to 5, live from the arena. Kickoff at 7. If you want tickets, AlbanyEmpireNAL.com or just call the box office directly at 518-714-2200, extension 101. Enjoy the next week or so of baseball. We'll catch you on episode 19. Until then, enjoy 